Welcome to Church Project. Uh, we're glad that you're here today. We hold the Bible in super high regard. That's like really high level of importance, right? And so if you don't own a Bible, uh, we have a bunch of Bibles that, that Will, Will back there, that good looking guy, he'll hand you a Bible and if you don't own one, that's our gift to you. And so just hold your uh, hands up if you want one of those. And if you're super techie like Ryan Doherty, uh, then you also have a smartphone. And there's an app called Version, so you can download the app. It's a great way to read the Bible during the week. And beyond that, you can search for our event. Right now we have a live event just called Church Project. Pretty creative name. And that's the notes for this message today. And also I'd encourage you to download those notes, save them to your phone. So when you go to house church this week on Tuesday or Wednesday. Did you notice how I just kind of said you would go to house church on Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, then you have those notes there, and as your small little community meets and encourages each other, you can also read through the Bible and just kind of determine what God's saying through Scripture. So I'd encourage everyone to do that. Um, also, because we're also super techie, Jeremy worked on something great last week for us. And so normally there's a connection card that's on your chair. We don't, we're not doing those anymore because we're all about saving trees, right? Saving trees. So you could go to our website, churchprojectgreeley.org. Scroll to the bottom of that on your phones right now, and there's a form that if you have a prayer request, you can fill out that form right now, um, and we'll, we'll get it. And also, if you're not on our email list, you can put that there, or if you want information about house churches or ministry partnerships, whatever we do, it's there, and that's the form. So I encourage you to use that. It's pretty cool. I like that technology. So um, church project, you know, we, we talk often about who we are. Well, we're a church. We're a gathering of people. We love Jesus. We love the mission of Jesus. And we want to live that out together. We're, we're the church. We're also a project. We're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended church to be. As you know, if you've been coming for a while, we're in the book of Acts. And the book of Acts is, is just awesome. I love the book of Acts. It's the beginning of this whole thing called the ecclesia or the church. And, and it's a movement. It's this organic thing that's starting to grow. And right now we're in Acts chapter 14. So we're about halfway through, well, just over halfway through the book of Acts. And it's exciting to see what's going on. But keep in mind this. like They were figuring it out. They were a project. And we're a project in 2018. Like we, we don't know what we're doing, but we're figuring this out together. And so um, our structure here at Church Project is, welcome, you made it to our Sunday gatherings. Uh, this is where we get to listen to Scripture, and we get to have amazing worship of, of God, and we get to have worship with our music and such. And then we also dialogue over Scripture and, and see what God's doing. But this is nothing more than a collection of our house churches that meet throughout the week. Like, we see that in the early church. They gathered together in the, in the thousands in the temple courts. Well, that's us on Sundays. And they also met by the dozens in house churches all throughout their community, and they shared life. They ate food together, like that good guacamole dip or queso dip I had at Brazelton and, and Doherty's house church. That was awesome. Um, and and they, they talked. They, they experienced life together. They were in the highs and they were on the lows together. So I'd encourage you to be part of that. That's what Church Project is. And then another thing that really makes us up is our ministry partnerships. Like last year, 
we were able to give away, I don't remember how much, like 17% of every dollar that came into Church Project went right back out the door to, to help support financially um, ministry partnerships that, that we're paired up with here in Greeley and, and even in Haiti. And so I'm excited to be part of a church that's, that's really trying to mirror what we read in, in the book of Acts. A church that gathered together to worship, a church that met in, in the house churches throughout the community, and a church that gave of their time and of their resources to make the world a better place. And so I just got to believe that this is a great model to do church because we didn't invent it. <laughs> we just, <laughs> we read the Bible, it's there, and we're trying to do that. And so if, if you want to do life together with us, we'd love to have you engage in our community and figure this thing out together. We're glad that you're here. Um, since we're a project, we can kind of do whatever we want, right? <laughs> and just be like, oh, we're a project, right? So um, the summer schedule, as you can tell, uh, everyone shed a tear. Half of our college people are gone right now. Oh, that's a bummer. But we still got college people here that are kind of lingering before they go off to foreign countries and states. So this is kind of our, our summer crew that, that we're going to have. People are going on vacations like me and you, and we're doing stuff. Um, so here's the summer schedule. We're doing it as planned. Um, we're going to be meeting over next door here at the end of this month because this gym floor is getting redone, so we'll be over there. Uh, but the summer schedule, I think Elijah put it up, um, uh, uh, June 10th. Just like we did last year, we went to another church on June 10th on Sunday morning. We're going to Mosaic Church. Now, that's Awesome. I, I, I'm pumped to go because I've always wanted to go and I haven't been able to. So I figured out the way that I could go is we're all going. So June 10th, we're going to go there. And we'll, uh, probably a handful of us, if you want to, we'll probably meet and have burritos next door at Palomino's before we meet and just, you know, do that breakfast burritos before we go. So that's going to be super fun. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they're ready for all the kids we're bringing, though. I'll warn them about that. Um, so, th so that's June, July 15th. Why not on Sunday mornings? Like you're already coming, so why don't we just go have a barbecue? Like, right? And I won't even give a message. I'll just have a really long prayer. I'm joking. But we'll meet at the park. We're going to do that. Again, I was like, you know what? I, wanna, I don't ever get to skip church. You guys are punks. You can skip church. That's awesome. So I was like, how can I skip church? We're having a barbecue. I'm skipping. So there we are. Boom. Done. I love it. We're a project. Uh, and, then, and then August 26th, I'm just real excited for this because I want to see Jeremiah get his square dance on. You're going to get it on. Those poor guests that show up on August 26th, I mean, they're coming in in their suit and ties ready to get their church on. And we have straw, bales, and oh, it's going to be awesome. Again, I just wanted to do that. So that's what we're doing. Whew, enough of that. Let's jump in. Um, this passage today is Acts chapter 14, um, verses 8 through 18. You going to get your square dance on? It's going to be good. Um, Acts chapter 14, 8 through 18. This is right in the middle of Paul and Barnabas. They're going on the very first missionary trip that they've ever taken. Like they're taking the message. If you read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, this message is going to the Jews and Gentiles. It's going to foreign lands. And yes, it's even going to find its way to Eton. 
and Windsor and Greeley. And this is the beginning of how this message spreads. And so they've already gotten kicked out of a couple towns because they're not very welcomed. And now we find ourselves in Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 18, coming into a new kind of city. Because to this point, when Paul and Barnabas show up to a city, they make it their goal to go to the synagogue first. Because that's where the Jewish people would collect. They would go to the synagogue and they would present this message. And then they would start telling the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, this good message. Well, when they show up to this city in Lystra, Lystra, sorry, I'll say it wrong, but just whatever, okay. When they show up to this city, this actually is a city that is, is very Greek, very Roman, and there is no Jewish synagogue to show up into. So they show up, and it's like, well, now what do we do? So let me read these verses here, these 10 verses, um, and then just talk about what I think God's got a good message for us today. In Lystra, there said a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, Stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lysonian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus. Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priests of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. Verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out in the crowd, shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, he let all nations go their way, yet he has not left for himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Wow. There, I came across a cool little cartoon this morning. Elijah, I don't know if you can, if you can put that up or not, or Jeremy. Um, isn't this funny? God's light reading theology. Oh, that is pretty funny. I, well, I thought it was funny. Maybe you don't, but I thought that was funny. I think we often get so grounded in our human form of what God is and what we think that he is that maybe even God can read a book. And he's like, is this what you think of me? Like, is this what you think I do all the time, every time? Like, I, I, I'm in your theological box? Like, are you kidding me? And I, I see Paul and Barnabas as they go into this city and they're like, okay, what are we going to do? We've got this incredible message. We're convicted to share this message with the world. And so they show up. And I, I like already in, in verse 8, um, in verse 9, it says, it says, there was a man who was lame. Then we get to verse 9. He listened. Did you, did you get this? Like in verse 9, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. I think that's kind of important because I never listened in classes, do you? Or maybe during the message. Like he, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. And I, and I think Paul took note. Like he noticed. He's like, this man is listening 
to these good words. So this man that was lame, he listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed, and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. So the man was listening. The Spirit is already drawing and prompting people to himself. We see it then in Acts, and we see that today, right now. Paul and Barnabas go into a city. There is no Jewish synagogue to go into. And so what do they do? They start talking, and, and they can see that this man that was lame is listening. Why is he listening? Because the Spirit was moving afresh in that man's life. They didn't know as they were coming into the city, you know what, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this. This blind guy, this lame guy is going to listen to this. Like They didn't know that. They just knew they had an incredible good news message. They showed up. They did what they could do. And someone was listening because the Holy Spirit was prompting him and drawing him. Isn't that good news for us today? Like, The Spirit has drawn us to him and continues to do that today wherever we go. Even to our neighbor, we don't think we'll ever come to know God. God is drawing people to himself. We just have to show up and share the good news with our life, with our word, with praying for that person. Like Paul and Barnabas showed up and this is what they were able to do. I know this is as a, as a pastor and as Christian. I mean, it's a promise in Scripture that Scripture does not come back void. Like, we put eternal life out there. Eternal life is out there. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts and in our minds in this place, as I'm even speaking now. But in the workplaces and spaces that you go, when you represent your life, in the life of Christ, in the workplaces, in your schools, and everywhere that you go, and you're quoting scripture, or, or you're just saying things that God would say, like you're putting eternal life out there. And I can promise you this, it does not come back void. His Spirit's moving in the lives and hearts of you and me, and in his church, and in everyone in Greeley, Colorado, and everyone that we encounter. Our job, show up. Trust the Holy Spirit as he's moving, as he's moving. I also, though, I look at this passage and I think, man, what a great challenge for me as Aaron Havens because I get busy every day, every week. Do you? you it's okay. Yes. I don't even care if, if you're retired and you're like, I've retired from my job. Now you're busier than ever. Like, I get busy everywhere I go and, and I think, what a good reminder for me and you do we have soft hearts in our, and, and listening hearts? I mean, this guy was lame. I guess he had nothing else to do, right, <laughs> except listen to Paul talk. The spirit was moving, but his heart was soft enough, and he was quiet enough to listen to the eternal words that Paul was sharing. Do you and I do that? Or are we super Christian and we don't need encouraged by God? That was highly sarcastic. Sorry. Man, if I would calm my heart down and I would soften my heart, like I've just got a hard heart. Sorry, guys, pray for me. I'm a project. No, pray, pray for me. Because oftentimes I'm too busy, my heart's too hard, and I'm not listening. What would happen if I slowed down and really listened? I mean, look what happened to this lame guy. Are we willing to accept the word that God gives us today? The, the lame man had a soft heart, was listening, and he was willing to accept 
this message that was given to him. Today may be the day, if we're listening with a soft heart, that we begin to walk for the first time in our life. And maybe not physical, but maybe God's going to break some things in our life because we're listening to the message. Our heart is soft, and we receive the message that God gives us. So my prayer over you today and my prayer over me today is that we're walking for the first time out of these doors in a few minutes, set free from some things we've never been set free from. Seeing God in ways that we've never seen God before. Like so encouraged and so excited that our hearts are soft. And you know what? All that stuff, that guilt, that shame, all that stuff that we're holding on to, we're, bre- we're breaking it free today. Like our hearts are soft and the spirit moves in this place. That's what I want. Do you want that? So pray for me that I would get it, and, and I'll, I'll kind of pray for you too. I'm really feisty today. Sorry. Maybe it's, I need to wear a collared shirt next week. Maybe that's it. Sorry, Lauren. Okay, so let's get back into here. So in verse 9, he listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him. Did you see that? I, I mean, I paused on that a lot when I was reading that this week. Like Paul looked directly when I was a missionary in Mexico, we would have youth groups come down, and we did this thing called the art, no, not the art, it was called the listening prayer. Listening prayer, is that right? Was it listening prayer? I think it was called the listening prayer. What we'd do is we'd have, we'd have 50 youth, youth kids come, and we would say, all right, let's spend like 15 minutes just asking God, listening prayer, like, God, what do you have for us today? And, and it was a little weird for me, because I'm Baptist, right? Re- I was like, okay, God, what are you saying? And sometimes a kid would come up and be like, I just saw a yellow, a yellow van. And we're like, okay. So all day long we're driving around doing our missionary stuff and we're looking for the yellow van. It's like, but it happened. I was like, this is really weird. Like, you know, but the, the art of listening prayer by asking the Holy Spirit for deep insight. I, I imagine that as Paul was preaching, this word here to look intently in the Greek is atizio, intensio, and it's, it means to this, to look at, to stare at, and to keep one's eyes fixed on. So as Paul is giving this message, it says that Paul looked intently, stared at this person. Paul, I knew, and his spirit was moving, and he knew that he had a message for this man to give, and he looked at him intently and would not give up. Like, God, what are you doing? How are you moving? What should I say? What should I do in this moment? And so this man, he listened. And in verse 9, Paul looked at him, directly at him, and saw that he had faith to be healed. And in verse 10, I love it, he called out, said, stand on your feet. And so he called him out. He knew exactly what the man was in need of. Why did Paul know what the man was in need of? Well, besides the obvious looking, the guy's not walking. It's because, let's back up, he looked intently at the man and his heart was soft enough to give this message to the man boldly and the Holy Spirit was already moving in the man's life before Paul showed up. Do you see how much God moved in this moment at any place This could have been broken down. And if I was in this scenario, it might have been broken down because I wasn't looking intently or my heart was too soft or too hard. Like you get, you see how much God is moving for the love of this man. 
to be healed? Well, Paul, what does he do? In verse 10, he called out, said, stand to your feet. And at that moment, the man jumped up, began doing the little jiggy dance, having fun, and he began to walk. Praise God. I will say this. This right here is the result of bringing heaven to earth. This is the result of bringing heaven to earth. Like I think for the very first time, this man got a glimpse of what it would be like to live an eternal life with God in his presence with bodies that are not broken and decaying and spirits that are worshiping him. Like this man jumped up, jiggied and said, I'm alive. My physical body, that's the old stuff. But I'm alive in spirit like all of us can declare right now. I don't care if your finger's been broken like mine. I would show you, but it's this one. So, and it looks weird. And I don't care that my lower back is a little hurting. And I don't care whatever the doctor reports come across for all of us. The fact is we're dying physically. But this man experienced life physically and he experienced life spiritually in this moment. That's the good news message. The world only has a decaying body to look forward to. We have a birthed soul that's coming alive. This is the good news message. Right, Jared? All right. Let's get to verse 11 and 13. 11 through 13. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lycedonian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, they called Zeus, and Paul, they called Hermes, because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. We see this right now. It's clear that they're going into foreign territory because they spoke in verse 11 in the Lysonian language. So Paul and Barnabas didn't even know what they were saying. Paul and Barnabas were actually speaking in Greek, a language that they would understand. But when the Lysa, whatever they are, started talking amongst themselves, they were speaking in a language that Paul and Barnabas couldn't understand. And so they're already in a place where they don't, they don't know. It's, it's a foreign dialect to them. They don't know the language, but also they're amongst people who now have a foreign worldview as what they do. Like they don't speak the same language and they don't even believe, the, the people out there don't even believe the Shema, which is there is one God and one God only. Like they have a different worldview as they're in this moment as well. Isn't this like our lives? Everywhere we go? Like we are encountering people every day in the places that we go that just view the world different. Like every single one of us view the world differently, especially as Christians and non-Christians. Like as Christians, we view the world like there is only one God. And there's certain things that we view about God and Jesus that the world at large would say, well, there's many roads to heaven. There's, it's a different worldview and we process and we live differently according to our worldview. As I was reading and studying on this, Tom Wright is a, is a commentarian that, that I really like, N.T. Wright, Tom Wright, and he says this about this. He says, It is remarkable what can happen to a message when the hearers insist on inserting it firmly into their own worldview. Wow, how powerful is that? Paul and Barnabas show up and they're speaking truth. But the Lycedonians can only hear it through 
their dialect and through their worldview. And so what do they do? They say the gods are among us and they start to worship Paul and Barnabas. And it's amazing that such a lovely, beautiful, pure message can suddenly turn on its head because of worldview. They can't even hear it. They can't even see it. Their past experience has caused them to say, I like this message, but it must be one of many gods. Let's worship them in this place. We have to keep this in mind, church, as we go to the places that we go. As we're all missionaries, we're all representatives of God, little mini gods running around, we have to keep in mind that not everyone has the same worldview as we do. Paul and Barnabas didn't enter this city and preach the gospel message the same way that they did in the last city or in the city before then. They came up, they evaluated, they were led by the Holy Spirit, and they approached appropriately people that had a different worldview than they did. Keep that in mind. Now let's get down to the meat of this, and it's almost actually done. The meat of this passage you find in verse 14, and especially in verse 15, it's the same message they spoke on that day that God is speaking to the hearts of people today in this room and people that are far from him today. And in verse 14, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out in the crowd. They're like, you didn't hear what I said. Don't worship us. They get to verse 15, and this is where they just drop the mic. Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things. Whoa. Like, this is where they look at it, they evaluate it, they had already been led by the Spirit, amazing things had happened, and now's their time to speak. They can either be bold enough to speak, or they shrink back and cower. If you have a life-giving message, and this gospel message that can change eternity, for people, our neighbors, and our friends, do you, like me, oftentimes shrink back because I don't want to be politically incorrect? Or I don't want to offend or I don't want to hurt? Well, my good intentions and my politeness might actually be the thing that never got, that, that is keeping from God using me in a bold way to tell others the good news of Christ. I'm so thankful that Paul and Barnabas in this moment They came in, they evaluated the situation, they had soft hearts. The Holy Spirit was meeting, uh, was moving in the people. And then in verse 15, you see here, turn from these worthless things. That's the first message of the gospel message. Turn from these worthless things. To the living God. That's the second part of the message for all of us in this room. Turn from these worthless things that you're finding your identity in. Your 401k is not enough security for your life. Your talent, your education. Turn from these worthless things that you're putting your identity in in this world. Point one. Point two, to the living God. For all of us in this room, turn from those worthless things to the living God. Continue who made God alone made the Shema. He one is God and God alone made this. The heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them in the past. And then the fourth part of this message is he let all nations go on their own way. Church, God loves you enough to let you continue to bang your head against the wall. 
He's not going to show up almighty and all-powerful and smite you down and hold you in a submission form until you start worshiping him. Like We see this in this message and it's truth in our life. We can walk out of here today and start living apart from God and we will live with those consequences. These people, Paul and Barnabas show up, they boldly say, hey, God loved you so much, he let all the nations go their way. And then in verse 17, yet he has not yet left himself without testimony. He has shown you kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season. And then the last part of this message is he provides for you. So look at the synopsis of this message in these verses. Turn from these worthless things to the living God who made, he let the nations go their own way, and he provides for you. This is the love message that God is giving us today, just as he gave these Lycedonians through Paul and Barnabas in this time. This is not a prescriptive way to tell others, but this is a descriptive way to read the scenario, to keep a soft heart, and to speak boldly. So what does this message all mean to me? Well, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. This is what this means to me. This is our message today. And so if I was having a cup of joe with Luke as he wrote this, he would say this, Aaron, turn from these worthless aims and thoughts. Focus on the one and only God who made everything you know and provides for all. He won't force himself on you. He has given you everything you need to know that he is God. It's a clear message. The call out for us today is to turn from the worthless things that you found your identity on if it's not in Christ. Because he's the one true God that has been pursuing you from the beginning of time. That's good. That's really good. Um, I'm going to uh, ask the worship band to come up. I want to give us permission that if you, if you have a kid in Project Kids, um, Weston's going to come up in a minute and lead us in communion. So if you would like to go get your child in Project Kids, come back and do communion with us as a family, that would be incredible and that would be awesome. So go ahead and do that. But I want to ask all of us right now, if you would, just stand and... You can close your Bibles or your, or your phones down. And, and um, I think in light of this message, why don't we worship God? I just say, God, thank you for who you are, how much you move, what you do. And in this place, in light of that, the only thing we know what to do is to worship you. Is to call out to your name and say, thank you, God. God, I don't know how you're going to save each individual in the world. But I know that you've given a way for every individual in the world to know who you are. You compel the world to you. You don't want anyone to perish. And as your saints, God, you call us to go to the highways and byways and call people in and to keep soft hearts and to be bold and to trust you. So in this place, in this moment, may we throw off the aliases that Satan has put on our lives 
labels that he's put on our life. And God, may we find our true identity in you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. Church, let's worship God together.